back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 96 of Let's Get Haunted. Yes. This is our season finale episode. Season finale. But don't worry, we also have our annual bonus episode coming the week after this one. But still, kind of a big right. deal. It, it is. season three. I know. See, the first time you have a season finale, you're like, fuck, we did it. Yeah. We finished a season. The second time you did it, it's like, we could have did it two times. The third time you do it is just kind of like... We have so many more of these to right. go until we die. Yeah. Yeah. It's very special time in it our really lives is. right Thank now. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening and continuing to listen and continuing to support us. We really appreciate it. And we can't wait to bring you an even better season four. Yeah. Even better. Even better. Like, what? imagine this season, but better. Wait, was this season we had COVID? I got pregnant. You got sick. What? Yeah. How many things have we had to deal with? We both moved. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. So many life changes occurred this season. Right. Damn. This year feels like it's taken so fucking long, but also (gasps) is going so fast somehow. Mm. I feel like ever since the pandemic started, we're just in a time warp and I don't know what day it is and I'm not sure what's happening around me. I know. Well, because I think that's just how it is. Like, I think everyone kind of feels that way. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's not just me. Have you heard of like this uptick and people freaking out on planes? Oh, my God. Can I tell you about a person that freaked out on a flight I was on recently. Okay. Was it you? No. Because I know you're afraid of flying. Well, yes, I'm always freaking out on a plane. But here's the difference between me and unruly people is that I only make it my own problem. Right. Where like I'm just sitting there quietly freaking out. Like I wear a Fitbit when I go on planes and I could just see my heart heart rate rate. going up to like 180, 190. You're nervous. Yeah. I'm in like heart attack, red zone every time I get on a plane. (laughs) But I don't like scream at people. I just look like a psychopath sweating profusely while doing no physical activity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, but let me tell you, because that's haunted in its own right. Let me tell you about this haunted person on my plane. Please. So... I'm sitting on a plane getting ready to fly to New York to visit some mutual friends. And I'm already very nervous, as we just discussed. Yeah. I have taken my Xanax. I only have like two leftover from my doctor that retired. So these are very precious to me. Yes. So I take my Xanax and I'm sitting there waiting for it to kick in. And then the worst possible thing happens that could ever happen to someone who's nervous on a plane, which is someone starts freaking the fuck out and they're directly behind me. What are they doing? Okay. So I don't know exactly like what this person was thinking. But this guy got on a plane with a girl. Mm-hmm. They were like they were like teenagers. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. And he just starts screaming and nobody knows what's happening. Like we haven't taken off yet. Like ah just yelling and cussing. All I can hear cuz you know how on planes there's like that that yeah, like noise, re- noise yeah you like really. can't really hear. And so I just hear him going like fuck nah, nah, fuck like over and over again right. and then we're all people are still filing onto the plane trying to find oh, overhead space this is like early on yes He's we're freaking out we're not even taxiing yet. right yeah And the flight attendant comes down to where he's freaking out, which is directly behind me. And she goes, sir, I need you to take your seat. And he starts going, no, you listen to me right now. My seat isn't next to my, I don't even think he said girlfriend. I think he was just like, isn't next to my friend. And I need to be sitting next to my friend. You're discriminating against me because you won't let me sit next to my friend. And the flight attendant's like, sir, like, what are you talking about? Like, can I see your tickets? And he won't show her his tickets like his boarding pass and she's like look just take your seat i'll figure this out 
after we get everyone boarded, right? Like, I don't know what you're freaking mm-hmm. out about. And he keeps cutting her off and being like, no, fuck you. You need to listen to me right now. My friend doesn't speak English. You're discriminating against her. She has a disability. Her disability is that she doesn't speak English. And if you sit her by herself, that's discrimination and just screaming and freaking out. And I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, we're all about to die. Wait, is it a disability if you can't speak English? No, it's absolutely not a disability. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, people fly. It's kind of offensive it's, thing to say, right? Yes. Also, think of all the times that we've flown to other countries, you and I, and yeah. like, we don't, we didn't speak that language. Guess what? Right. It's not everyone else's problem around me that I don't speak French. Yeah. You know, you take, it's not rocket science. You look at your boarding pass, you right. sit in that seat and you just fucking shut what up. What about this girl that doesn't speak English, apparently? She, what, how is she reacting she didn't she first of all he didn't even speak her language they were communicating via a like a google translate app oh so which made me think of 90 day fiance which as everyone knows on this show i'm a giant fan of so i'm thinking like okay how did he meet this girl right what is this like a situation where he like wants to marry this girl or something i don't know it was just like how does he even know her you know yeah so they don't speak the same language um, she looked a little bit younger than him. He was maybe like 20. I hope it's not like nefarious. I am honestly, I'm not sure what, what was happening. I don't even know what, how to begin speculating, but she's, she doesn't understand what's happening. She just sees that the guy she's with is, is screaming angry. and angry. Yeah. And, and she can probably, if she's not an idiot, she can probably feel the vibe around her is that that guy is not going to last doing that for very long. No, yeah. it, it was insane. And then, so the flight attendant is getting really frustrated and she's like, sir, I just need you to go sit down. I will solve your problem after I get all these people on in their right. seats because he's blocking the aisles and he's refusing to let other people pass. So somebody is like wheeling their bag, trying to get past him. And they're and like, he's just blocking them. And he's blocking. intentionally. Yes. Intentionally. And the guy is like, doesn't really know what to do. And you can just see him kind of like doing one of those things where like, go into the right, go into the left, right. can't get past. So then he starts to like step over the, the kid, the right. teenager. And, and then he's trying to get his bag through and the kid's like, Hey man, fuck you. You don't get to just walk through me. Like I'm not here. And he grabs the guy's <gasps> carry on luggage, rips it out of his hands. And he's like, you are not going to put this. You're not going to disrespect me like that. You're not going to just drag your bag through my body. And the guy's standing there. Like, I don't know what to do. Dude, that kind of scares me because that that when men are shouting like that, I feel like they could become violent. That's like my first feeling. And especially if they're like grabbing things and throwing things and yelling. Yes. Oh, and it- so I would just be so like nervous if that person was sitting behind me because I'm like, what's going to keep them from just like starting a fight with someone and then I get punched in the back of the head yeah. for no reason. And keep in mind, this guy is right behind me in yeah. the aisle screaming. Yeah. And he starts talking to the guy that's sitting behind me and he's like, hey, man, I just need you to move. I just need you to move so that I can sit next to this, like next to my friend. And the guy who's sitting in the window seat is like, OK, well, can you tell me where your seat is? Because I specifically paid for a window seat. Like I get motion sickness. Can you tell right. me? like where your seat is and the guy is like no i'm not gonna tell you where my fucking seat is you just need to switch with me because you're discriminating against me because my friend has a disability she doesn't speak english and that's a disability in the united states constitution like just like you know those people that they get pulled over by the police and they like talk about being sovereign citizens do you know about that genre of youtube video what oh the people who are like i don't need a license to drive my car because it's like a ship or something yeah 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 yeah, i'm like in a vessel (laughs) if you guys don't know what i'm talking about just google sovereign citizen car right dash cam. like this person's just like 
being very difficult. Yes. Basically. And then the guy that's sitting in the window seat is like, okay, well, if you don't tell me where your new seat is, I literally can't switch with you because I don't even know where I'd be going. Right. And so then the guy starts walking around the plane. The combative guy is walking around up How and down the aisle. How has someone not tackled him and been like, you're giving me terrorist vibes and I'm freaking out. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to punch you right now. Well, so the lady, first of all, she was a fucking baller ass flight attendant. She was so calm, so patient, even though he's cussing her out. And she just like goes to the front of the plane. So I'm assuming she's talking to someone, right? In the meantime, this guy is just walking up and down the aisles, like trying to make eye contact with people. Yeah, this like, guy is giving me strong terrorism vibes yes. and I'm going to have to like, disembark. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> imagine me. So my defense mechanism is to pretend like I'm asleep and just like me. Oh God. And then just oh, like Oh yeah. Meanwhile, you're having glances. a panic attack yeah. just because you already think the plane's not safe. Exactly. And then he, this is where I like peak panic attack for me. He goes to the opposite side of the plane, but still within my eye shot, grabs a man, grabs a man around his shoulders who's sitting down in a seat. What? And goes. From behind or from the front? From the front. Grabs him on his shoulders. He's in the aisle seat, the guy that yeah, he grabs? he's in the aisle seat. He's sitting next to some, some lady. And he goes, hey, man, I'm going to sit here. You're going to move and I'm going to sit here. And the guy that he's grabbing goes, hey, sorry, like, I can't move. I'm sitting next to my wife. I like I paid to be able to sit next to my wife. And he's not even reacting to this scary person. He's trying. Well, at these days, like you don't know who's filming or what's going to get turned into something. So I think everyone was trying to just be like very chill, like not really sure what's happening. Were people filming? Uh, I don't know if anyone was filming. I was pretending to be asleep and then just like looking out of the corner of my eye as this is happening. And then the combative guy who already has his hands on this guy's shoulders. Yeah. Picks the guy up out of his seat. The guy's not strapped in with his seatbelt yet. Picks him up and goes, well, now I'm sitting next to your fucking wife. Oh, my God. Where did he put the guy? He puts him just in the seat in front. And then he was sitting next to his fucking wife. What does his wife do? The wife is just like looking out the window, like not even making eye contact. Everyone is so fucking scared. Yeah. And like doesn't know what's happening. How big is this guy? Is he like big and strong? No, he was like, I mean, I was sitting down and also very nervous. But when I looked at him... I would say he looked like a 20, 21, maybe year old dude, just like skinny to me. I mean, most people could beat me up because I'm just generally (laughs) out of shape. But he didn't look like he wasn't like ripped or anything. Right. He wasn't like a a Marine. No, no, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Still, I'm scared. Just the way that person is behaving, picking people up and being that aggressive is scary. Also, it didn't make any sense because the seat that he ended up like physically removing that man from and sitting in was still three rows away from the girl. So like what it's not like it was any better than whatever seat he would have been sitting in. He was still far away from her. And then at that point, the flight attendant comes back and she's talking to the guy and she's being super calm. He's freaking out. He's like starts flailing his arms. It was really bizarre. And then she goes, look, the pilot has already said he's not going to take off if you're on this plane. So we're going to sit here until you get off or I'm going to go get security. This is literally a federal crime. You can't hold up a flight. Yeah. And so then the guy gets up and he starts walking off the plane. And the girl, again, who's sitting behind me, doesn't know what's happening. 
And the so, one that doesn't speak English? Yeah. She's looking How does she, around. But even if you don't speak English, if you see some person acting a fool and then a stewardess come over and say some stern words and right. then the person get up and go, can't you be like, well, that person was acting a fool and now they're going to get in trouble just like what happened in any country unless this person was was just not from a country at all. Oh, well, uh, or did this was this person a ghost? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they I mean, were was brought... was this like a kidnap victim, you know? Well, now that, now that you say that, I'm like, I really hope that's not what the case was. But they definitely escorted both of them off the plane so the lady comes and talks to the girl behind me and she's trying to explain to her the girl's communicating via a translating app right and basically once she realizes like no your friend is not getting on this flight then she starts freaking out she's she's <gasps> like she's hyperventilating people? no she's just hyperventilating oh. and then the guy as he's like being escorted off the plane throws the girl's laptop into an empty seat in the middle because it's one of those planes that's pretty big. So there's right. like two rows oh, on okay, the side okay. and one row in the middle. He throws it into an empty seat in the middle. And so then she's like, ah, ah, like trying to pick up her laptop. And then she gets escorted off the plane. What is their dynamic? Those I two? don't know. I don't, if you guys I, have any that, ideas. If that person got off the plane and I was that girl, I would be like, oh, thank fuck. I'm free. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I please. Yes. yes. Take him to federal prison right now. Yeah, I'm so interested to know what happened. I tried to like briefly Google it. I couldn't right. find any Just articles. Angry plane man. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you even Google that? Like man escorted off. And there's plane. So, well, there's so many of them right now. I know. So what they were the thing that I saw was saying that I think it was Delta. Maybe it was a different one. But one of the airlines was saying that they were no longer going to duct tape. No, maybe it was Southwest. Duct tape the unruly passengers <laughs> to the seats because it was like unethical or something. But I'm in the camp that's like, fuck, man, when it comes to a plane. That's too serious of a situation dude i'm zip tie them yeah i'm like this is up in the up in the air is just like free war crimes allowed (laughs) just to get us to where we're going waterboard this unruly man i don't give a fuck yeah and to being more calm i am freaking out (laughs) we're waterboarding you until you're calm sir (laughs) yeah Uh, i know and i heard don't remember who was telling me this maybe it was even you that that some airlines are no longer serving alcohol because people have just yeah. been freaking out yeah pe- yeah I, that i think that was me too because yeah. i've been watching i haven't gone anywhere in a long time i want to but i've been like looking on the news and it's just always like one thing after another this yeah. world's fucking insane it's, right now it's absolutely batshit insane and I- that's what they were saying is they were trying to figure out why this is happening like why are there more upticks of just like fucking crazy people on the planes and they were like hypothesizing that just everyone's really stressed out right now i believe that you know how we always say on this show that like people from olden times had hot syphilis brains yeah i feel like we're coming back to that hot syphilis brain where everyone's just angry nobody's sure why yeah Yeah. we're definitely regressing yeah i actually googled hot brain the other day while i was editing because i was like is this a real thing and then someone's (laughs) gonna be like my my family died from that and this is like really offensive to me and i googled it and it's and it's not but it is like if your brain gets hot you act weird Oh, well, yeah. Like if you have too high of a, a fever, fever or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's not called hot burn yeah. disease. I've talked before on this show about how in college, before I was diagnosed with any autoimmune diseases, I used to just get super high fevers. for And like nobody gave a shit. And I would just be walking around with like 104 fever hallucinating. Wow. Like I'd wake up from a fever dream in my dorm room and be like, there's a soccer field you know and like like why did nobody care like wow. no doctor was ever like you know what that's unusual we should right. probably test you for stuff they'd just be like 
maybe you had the flu. Oh. Like, wow, three months in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much brain damage I have from just consistently high fevers. Maybe I have hot brain. Yeah. And actually, maybe that man was totally reasonable. And right. the rest of us just have hot brain. <laughs> well, that is, yeah, I really want to know what happened to those people and like what their deal was. And as I was texting my friend Alyssa, who we heard from on the last yes. episode, she was on a flight coming back from a work event in Vegas and a girl behind her on the plane, which that's only a 45 minute flight from Vegas to LA. So it wasn't as bad. But this girl was so hammered on the plane, Uh screaming, talking about how her fiance doesn't love her, trying to make phone calls to the fiance on the flight and then starts making out with the guy sitting next to her. What? And Alyssa was like, I'm not sure if it was reciprocated or not. (gasps) And then when they landed, the guy just ran off the plane. What do you mean she made like I feel like making out it's like requires some sort of participation. I don't know, but the man as soon as the plane landed ran off the plane. So yeah, I'm not sure if he this was didn't like get beat up by her fiance. Or if this was like you're cornered on a plane oh. situation. I don't know if this was like a sexual and no one assault. Helped to that person? I don't know. Well, I think everyone on a plane is just trying to like not stay die. alive, I right? Know. I know. So, it's the prison. I'm not sure what was going on, but yeah, I guess the girl was just screaming and drunk and making out with the guy next to her wow. and trying to call her fiance and just a disaster. Oh no. Please let that never be me. Yeah. Well, I think I think if that's like the point in your life you're at, you need to make some serious life changes. That see, I cannot imagine like even at my worst. Yeah. Right. Like in college, high yeah. on whatever substances. Right. I cannot imagine myself. No. Making a scene anywhere. Yeah. No. I, that's the thing is like I get inebriated and I'm just like let's party. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my fiance. No. Not loving me at yeah, all. Yeah. That would be the last thing on my mind. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'd be like let's all forget that my fiance doesn't love me. Why am I gonna bring this up? <laughs> this is why I got drunk in the first place to forget. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's anyway. insane, guys. If you have some fucking crazy ass plane stories, Email please us. let us know yeah. because I'm so glad it's not me and no. I'm just enjoying the chaos hearing from everyone else. Yeah. I'm so glad that man got kicked off my flight. I would have just been, I probably would have died of a heart attack right. if, he ha- if they hadn't removed him. After he left, did everyone clap like they do on planes? Honestly, everyone was so confused right. that we were all just kind of looking around at each other. Yeah. And the flight attendant came by and said to the guy that was sitting in that in that window seat behind me right. where the guy was like, I want your seat. And then the window seat guy is like, OK, well, can you tell me where your seat is? Yeah. Um, she was like, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for not moving. It would have created uh, like a, more chaos. Like we're just trying to get people on the plane. I, I was trying to explain to the guy that I was going to figure out a way for him to sit next to the girl if it was that important to him. But he just kept cussing me out like, thank you so much for not moving. And then the guy sitting behind me that she's talking to was like, Honestly, I don't even know what just happened. Like, all of us were just so confused. Dude, this is why I couldn't be a stewardess, because as soon as that guy left, I would, like, grab the little phone and be like, hello, passengers of Flight 7435 Southwest Airlines. Just wanted to say, fuck that guy. Let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) 
Thank God that guy started acting a fool before right. we took off or else we would have used Southwest Protocol and hogtied him to Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he knew what he was doing. He was like saying a lot of hot words. Hot that, button words. Right, like yeah. disability and I don't know. Then you're then everyone's just kind of like, is it a disability? Like, yeah. I thought that's kind of, that's offensive. But am I offensive? Yeah. Am I it not woke? You, it makes What's you, going on? I know, it makes just you think. Just be still. Just be quiet. No one sees you. I know. And I was, th- I was sitting there too and I was like, well, I have a disability. Should I be offended? And then I was like, no, just stay quiet. F- pretend like you're asleep. Oh, like, my God. Like, you would have started fighting with that guy. No, and been like, I have a real disability. Sir, I speak several languages. <laughs> the fact that your friend doesn't speak English is not a disability. Like, I don't know. Uh, this girl also, I felt so bad for her, though. Like, she had right. no clue what was going on around yeah. her. I don't know what her situation was. Right. I mean, she just looked like a college student, honestly. And this was going from L.A. to New York. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. When I was like sneaking a peek as she was getting off the plane, she kind of looked like maybe she would be like Eastern European, like maybe Ukrainian or Russian. Right. And I know that there's boroughs of all different cultures, but that's what like the vibe that I got. I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like I hate that guy. And so he must be yeah. a bad person. Yeah. And I mean, that's how that's why I'm not a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> walks in and I'm like, I really don't like this guy's fit jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Right to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Right Fred Armisen yes. in the Parks and Rec. Yes. Sketch. Right to jail. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know what, what we're talking about, just YouTube it. It's Fred so Armisen funny. is a national treasure. Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. All right, let's get started on the story. Yes, sorry for that tangent. No, I really liked that. I have a lot of anger that I need to get out, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how to get it out because I can't direct it towards my friends and family because they're just going to be like, fuck, hanging out with her. So when I hear about other people that suck, and then I can like just feel hatred towards them. Oh it yeah, helps it's release cathartic. some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, here's a situation where this dude's totally in the wrong. Right. I I can safely hate him. Yes, and direct my anger towards right. Him. Yeah. Exactly. I feel that. Yeah, and now I feel like you know lighter. So thank yeah. you. For yeah, that. no problem. <laughs> Okay, Allie, our story today is not necessarily Christmas themed, but when I was looking, I was going to do Christmas ghost stories. But then while I was looking for Christmas ghost stories, I found this random YouTube video recommended to me and I went down a rabbit hole. Oh, yes. It's a rabbit hole episode. Rabbit hole. And it was honestly so fun that I was like, this is my gift to the LGH fam. Oh, love that. That's so... Thank you, Natalia. I'm ready to receive my gift. Yes, and it is a wild one. Let me tell you that. Okay, so our story today is about the human psyche. And that's actually a perfect segue, the story you were telling me into this. Our story today is about the human psyche. Why do we do what we do? the need to be loved, and the need to get away from someone who loves us too much too soon, the desire to speak up, but the fear of saying the wrong thing, a dark secret we are dying to confess. Why do we do what we do? Our story today takes us all the way back to the 90s. 
Ooh. Allie, do you remember the 90s? Yes, I was born in the 90s. Yes. Nickelodeon. Yes. Um, Cartoon Network. Yes. Slime was yes. really big. Polly Pockets. Polly Pockets, those like little spinning things. Sky Dancers. Sky Dancers. Remember they had a recall on Sky Dancers because kids were getting them stuck in their hair? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, other people were flying the Sky Dancers, and they were, like, ending up in fireplaces and exploding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny. It's literally a projectile toy. Like, I feel like they wouldn't make <laughs> yeah. those now. No, absolutely not. It was definitely dangerous. But when the recall happened, my mom came into my room, and she was like, hey, um, we need to send your Sky Dancer back. And I was just like, no, no I my like Sky my Sky Dancer. Dancer. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I tried. That yeah. was me. I, yeah. I was a good mom. All right. Yeah. Let's go. She wants her sky dancer. She's not totally stupid. We don't have a fireplace. It's fine. Also, Tamagotchi. Yes. I had any babies. Yeah. I had a Giga Pet, which was an off brand Tamagotchi. Right. And I, I had a cat, and it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And another person of the 90s. Do you know who this man is? Howard Stern. Ah. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Like, literally probably one of the most recognizable faces totally i yeah i feel Black like hair um big nose yeah clear glasses thumbs up thumbs up yeah. um kind of a misogynist if i remember correctly but right. also has a really big following even still today exactly so i've actually never watched his show and i really only know about him through references made by other like films where they're making fun of him or like where he's playing himself but I've never listened to his show um I have seen on YouTube like uh, celebrities will go on his show like I saw Madonna went on his show I saw Ariana Grande was on there so I know he's like a big deal yeah you know like yeah. people know who he is so if you frequent Pornhub he used to bring a lot of naked women on his show and it's often recommended on the front page of Pornhub. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, don't ask me how I know that, right. but, it's, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> Thank you, yes, Allie. No problem. Yeah. So Howard Stern, arguably one of the most recognizable faces in radio, and um, he is also known for being somewhat of an edgelord, apparently, from yes. what I've gathered. Yeah, controversial. Yes. He's an entertainer, and as we know on the show, sometimes people just want to hear fucked up shit. I don't know. I'm going to tell you guys some really fucked up shit today. This has no... The the views of Howard Stern do not reflect the views of Nat and Allie or the LGH brand at all. Oh, no. Not at at all. No. Uh, yeah, I hope yeah. I hope I made that clear when I said he's kind of a misogynist. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like we shouldn't even have to say that. Like the views of this murderer like are yeah. not condoned by us, you know, but That's the nature of Yeah, I want you guys to now. know. Yeah, we uh yeah, we out here. Okay. So according to his wiki page, Howard Allen Stern, who was born in 1954, is an American radio and television personality, comedian, and author. He's best known for his radio show The Howard Stern Show, which gained popularity when it was nationally syndicated on terrestrial radio from 1986 to 2005 he today has a broadcast on Sirius XM satellite radio since 2006 and reviews on Stern are a mixed bag here are some things that I have read about him to summarize after his first pay-per-view special, Howard Stern and the negligee and underpants party, this man named Chuck Darrow of the Courier Post summarized Stern's first pay-per-view event as, quote, rather entertaining, but he was mostly obscured by the bad taste, cruelty, and borderline pornography that made up the bulk of the program. 
John Gudas for The Town Talk wrote that Stern had, quote, single-handedly set back cable pay-per-view a millennium or two. Oh, my God. And described the special as, quote, bone-achingly dull and stupefyingly simple-minded. Of Stern himself, Gardella of the New York Daily News thought that it was, quote, mostly just pathetic, and Stern doesn't do one imaginative, talented, or intelligent thing. So Stern is a controversial guy. We're not going to open up that can of worms because he really just like isn't important to this story. I just needed to waste some time before I played a portion of his show that is relevant to this story. Okay. He's been along a really long time and it would just take too long to paint a full picture of him. So um, just Google him and like come up with your own opinion if you really want to have an opinion on him because I personally don't since I haven't watched his show and I don't listen to his stuff. Yeah. So the year is 1997. As part of the Howard Stern Show, they do a segment where people call in and they ask questions or they just say outrageous stuff. Sometimes the Stern Show will have like a psychologist on the other line that will talk to these people. It's kind of like an an Ask Alice type thing where you can call in anonymously or if you wanted to say who you are. They kind of like give you advice or just talk to you or like riff on it. Sometimes it's just silly. On August 13th, 1997, on the Howard Stern Show, they get a very curious caller. Allie, do you know what I'm talking about at all? I think I do, but I don't want to guess. Okay. Yeah. I am going to play you this phone call. But before I do that, I want to give everyone listening a major trigger warning that is going to preside over the rest of the video so we don't have to say trigger warning again. The following episode contains references to sexual assault, murder, and very graphic depictions. I would steer clear of this if those are going to be triggering to you. Okay. So I am going to play you this video now. And this video gets taken down quite a bit on YouTube. So I'm going to make sure that this one is still up. And if it's not, then we can go to the backup. Okay, it's up. It's up. All right, hold on one second. The phone call is approximately 17 minutes long. All right, I got a guy on the phone who claims he's been killing prostitutes and he's wondering why he's doing it. Oh, God. So maybe uh, he, he thinks I have an answer. Is this Ed? Ed? No, this isn't Ed. No. Oh. You haven't killed any prostitutes? No, I never said my name was Ed. Oh. Oh. Sorry. That's okay. What's your What name do you use? You can call me Clay. Clay? Clay? <laughs> yes, Clay. Okay, Clay, so what happened? How many prostitutes have you killed? Twelve. And you're wondering why you do it? I have a pretty good idea. Why? Did your mom beat you? Did your mom spank you? uh... Was your mom a prostitute? No. Actually, nothing like that. What is it, then? I think I just do it for the sense of the power. Right. Do you have sex with them first? Yes, and... And then what, you strangle them? Once. How else did you kill them? Well, a few times, actually, most times with a hammer. Hmm. And where do you do this primarily? Uh, I've done it twice in a parking garage, and then the rest of the time's on the side of the road. And uh, you're from the New Orleans area? Yes. Hmm. And how, I mean, what do you, you beat them to death with a hammer? Man. That usually only takes once in it. Dude, you got to have a lot of anger in you. Yes. 
man. Well, why do you need to feel so powerful? He's got some issue with women, but like some shrink's got to look into it. It's not even worth I mean, you might as well just kill yourself if you killed 15 people. And that means you're heartless. Did you used to kill small animals? No, I've killed a rat. Yeah. See, a lot of guys start out killing kittens for some reason. Yeah, they kill something before they start with humans. If my kid like killed a, a kitten or something cute, I'd probably just, you know, figure, well, this is it. They're going to be serial killers. Kill them. <laughs> Dude, you're a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you get away with it, I guess, because they're hookers, and so far nobody's... What? Is this Howard? Yeah. Hello? Hello? I didn't know this was Howard. Yeah, it's yeah, Howard. of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never killed a kitten. Really? I've never killed any small animal except a rat. Yeah, yeah, rats okay. Well. Rats, I don't mind you killing. But how'd you kill the rat? Yeah. Stepped on well, his head, I bet. We had, we had a big flood a couple of years ago. And it's not actually a rat. It's called a nutria rat. Hmm. And I clubbed it to death. It got in the kitchen of my work. Uh. So how old were you when you killed your first woman? Sixteen. And uh, you must be a powerful kind of guy, big guy. Uh, I wasn't then. Right. And uh, when you killed your first one, did you go in there knowing you were going to kill her, or it just sort of happened? I I knew I I had I really had it planned out. Hmm. You know, I wanted to do the whole sending clues. Right. Oh yeah. Are you in baffle people? But it turned out no one noticed for a long time. Right. Like what, like you killed her on the side of the road. Uh. Her, that was the parking garage. Okay. And then what'd you do with the body? You dumped that somewhere? Um, yeah, actually. I think uh, she's probably one of the ones that they found. Yeah. But let me ask you something. You were sending clues that you were going to do this? No, I was... Uh, he was going to, like... Doing that. He was going to leave, like, a note for the newspapers and, you know... Uh, but you decided not to. He didn't want to be famous or draw attention to himself. But my problem no, is... No, that's, that's what I wanted to do, but... Oh, but you did, but no one noticed the clues. I, no, I never sent the clues. I never mm. left anything. You know, I wanted to have my own little signature. Right. I wanted the thumb paint oh, it's, with uh, their thumbs. Oh, really? What do you want to do? Thumb paint with their thumbs. Thumb paint what, though? I don't know. Oh, anything. It, it was in a comic book a couple of years ago. It, was a, it just seemed like a good idea. Like you take the girl you killed, you, you dip her thumbs in paint, and then you do like a thumb painting? Yes. On a piece of paper? Yeah. Hmm. Now, when you after you kill somebody, do you play with the body? Um, actually, the closest I've ever done to that is I always make sure I pay them and I make sure they keep their money. Oh, really? When they're still alive, but, uh, with one of them, I did put the money in a compromising place. I see. But that was, this one, you know, it, it had a penis. Oh, oh, really? It was a guy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know at first. So do you, you ever get, do you think the reason you're so angry is because you were abused or something? No, I wasn't abused, Howard. Hmm. Where's your family? You got a wife? I mean, you got a mom, a dad, a wife, children, you got any of that? I've got a couple of kids, but um, I... No wife. not married to the mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're a white guy? Uh, yeah, Howard, that's pretty funny because the only suspect they had when they started finding the bodies was a black police officer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out one of them uh, was associated with them. Oh, really? Uh, are you on drugs? Uh, I've done acid a few times. Hmm. So, 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 but nothing heavy. So after you killed, after you killed the first 60-year-old, 
like uh, you you finish you you finish. No, I was sixteen. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. She was. All right. So you finish with your uh, sexual gratification, and then you. Not always. No. Not always. You don't even want to get laid sometimes. No, I just. You just want to kill. Uh, I'm just bored. Right. But does the killing sexually satisfy you in some way? I can't believe Ed McMahon's not uh, laughing. I've I've I've, 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 I've eaten off thinking about it later. Yeah. What are you saying? He's, he's pleasured himself thinking about it later. Oh, he has. Okay. Now, how far apart are these murders? Like, do you murder and then, like, you feel satisfied for a while? Um, I don't even understand why I do it, Howard. I don't know if, if I ever get any satisfaction. Hmm. But how, um, how the often... The together anywhere was uh, the same night. Really? You killed two people in the same night? Yeah, but I went to Mississippi for the second one. Hmm. Hmm. So there's no pattern to how many weeks or days between murders? No. Are these mostly white chicks or black chicks? Uh, a fair, fair number of them have been black. The uh, transvestite was black. Do you think there's some racial motivation here? No, Howard. They were just, uh, let's just say, a Jimmy Swagger town. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Swagger town. don't know what that means. Me neither, but... Oh, that's... that's pretty much the area around here where the prostitutes all hang out. Oh. I see. And it's just whoever comes up to you. You don't pick a certain type? I don't even approach them. I wait for them to approach me, Robin. So and do you ever like them asking for it. Do you ever, like, look into their eyes and go, you know, gee, these these people were just children at one point, and maybe they just had a tough life? And... I've let a couple go. You have? Like, what happened? You're in the middle of killing them, and then they, and then they what do they say? Why would you let one go uh, and kill the other? There was this one. Go ahead. I think she was probably really new to it. Yeah. I there was just something about her. Maybe she reminded me of my fiance, but right. You somehow relate more, more of an innocent quality. I just you somehow felt bad for her. Yeah. Hmm. And you have a fiance, so you're planning to get I, married? I, no. He had one. Oh, he had one. No, no. Um, if I wouldn't be a suspect, uh, believe me, she'd. But let me ask you, why'd you let? Like, did you start to kill her, and then, like you said, ah, forget it. Or you just never no, even not, not even you just not had even. sex you just had sex with her and then you let her go. Uh, I didn't even have sex with her, Howard. Hmm. hmm. Well, that's weird. Now that's weird. I mean, he just really felt sorry for that. Don't know what what she was doing, doing what she was doing, but are you a big fat mess? It, but she she got off lucky. Are you a big fat mess, or are you like a fairly good looking guy? Oh, I'm not a big fat mess. I wouldn't call myself good looking. I don't know what I'd call myself, Howard. Right. You have a decent job and all that stuff. Sounds like a bright uh, guy. Not decent like you have. Yeah, well, we got ridiculous jobs. <laughs> you can't get these. <laughs> I don't even know that I'd call this a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is not a normal this is a job. Up job. Yeah, this is a job that's totally useless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody really needs it. It's a scam. To me, a job is like something like you know, a UPS driver is a job. a job. All right. Not now. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Maybe this is a UPS driver. <laughs> Ed laughs, but he has no job either. <laughs> all right, so, all right, uh, this is always but you weird. Do work every day and stuff like that. This is always weird, but I'm bringing. Uh, at least we can uh, sort of uh, get into the mind of a guy who serial kills. Uh, I think he's 100 percent on the level. You so okay? So you killed your first woman. When was the last time you killed? It's been a few months. Right. Actually, it's it's been going on a year. Hmm. You're like the Boston Strangler, man. Maybe I should option your story. 
So what do you think you're going to do? Do you think you're going to kill yourself? Do you think that uh, you think Are you going to kill again? Can you stop this? I killed myself. I'd miss the next Batman movie. Right. You don't want to do that. No. That's a fan. Actually, I'd actually kill myself yeah, to miss Why would you want to savor that? No, but in all seriousness, I mean, do you think that uh, you could control this? Do you think I you think can stop? I think I have been. Oh, you have been for the last yeah, couple of months. A year he hasn't killed. Oh, a year. Yeah. Almost. So why do you think you stopped killing all of a sudden? I really don't know, Howard. I just, part of it had to do with my car broke down. Oh, no transportation. Oh, yeah. mm. Seriously? That's the reason? Well, that was the reason for a month, but after that, I guess it was all self-control. Wow. Huh. But so you, you don't want to do this anymore? No, he wants to do it, but he's controlling himself. Like, huh. you want to kill women, right? Sure. Yeah. And what, do you like, do you enjoy seeing them struggle as you kill them? Uh, actually, none of them really struggle. Hmm. Do you hit them from behind, or do they see it coming? Uh, I can't get inside their minds, but let's just say I hit them. But, I mean, are you facing them? Yeah. Well, so you can see their face and everything when you do it. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst I've ever gotten was um, one tried to grab my neck. I've never gotten any of the claw marks or anything that are uh, dead giveaways. Right, you must be very powerful. I wouldn't call myself powerful. Maybe uh, intimidating. Why did you choose this method? I didn't, Robin. Like I told you, I really, I really wanted to cut things up, mail things, send clues. No, she means why did you use a hammer? Do you think you... Because uh, it was in a book I read. Oh. Well, everything's come from Cartoons somebody and, else. Yeah. When's the last time you got laid? Uh, last week, Howard. Oh, yeah, so you didn't kill that girl? No. Because she was in a hooker? No. Right. It's only hookers, though. A lot of serial killers are only to hookers because they know, A, Easy. probably won't get caught, and B, they have some kind of anger toward hookers. Like, did you think your mom was a hooker or something? Uh, no, Howard. Hmm. Your parents married and stay together in the whole thing? Yeah. Hmm. Church-going people? Uh, That'll do it. Well, one of them, but... Yeah. Religious fanatics yeah. give birth to the most serial killers because they're so repressed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So there's no way I'm going to talk you into giving yourself up or anything, right? No. I shouldn't even waste my time. I know I'm going to get calls after this and people are going to go, Howard, how come you didn't catch him? I'm Have, not... Has anybody ever been close to catching you? No. 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 Actually, someone once, when it was in the newspaper, someone joked to me, oh, I know it was you, but, uh, well, they were joking. Right. Yeah. You think you might be gay? Mm, oh, I hope not. Right. Maybe you're a repressed homosexual. Were you ever molested? No. Hmm. Do you have a lot of tattoos? Uh, I don't have any tattoos. I wouldn't do that to myself. Right. And do you get high before you do this? Uh, I've gotten pretty drunk before. Mm. Yeah. Lame. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> Relax that shrinker. Well, I I gotta say I wish you would die, but uh, you know what can I tell you? I, I maybe this is sort of good that you're talking about it with me, and maybe it'll keep you under. Like, like maybe I can't get you to turn maybe yourself like in. A valve, and he'll be able to go another year. Or something. Yeah, but maybe uh, somehow you know you won't do it anymore. What about your kids? You want them living in a world with people like you? Hasn't really well, analyzed it that. Anyway, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of lonely though. You can't tell anybody about this. I'm the only guy you can. Am I the only guy you ever told about this? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I guess that's sort of an honor. I've told a couple of women, Howard, but uh. They're dead. Yeah. Do you tell them first and then you kill them? Uh, yeah. What yeah. do you say to him? Let me hit. All right, let's see. Now and then you can play the running game if you're out in the middle of nowhere, and we got a lot in the middle of nowhere down here. Right. 
so, in other words, let's say you're with a woman, right? A hooker. Yeah, Howard. And you say to her, uh, okay, honey, uh, you, you know, you just had sex and everything. What do you say to her to torment her? How do you break the news to her that she's going to die? I. It really depends on my uh, mood. Just give us an example. Well, if I wanted to, I could just say Baba Booey, but that would be pretty... Uh... No, come on, be serious. What do you say to him? I, I can say you're going to die. And then what do they do? I, I like to articulate a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I ask them uh, if they think it's dangerous doing what they're doing, if they're worried about things, and they'll laugh it off, and that just pisses me off. Right. And then you go ahead and you kill them. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, now we've shed no light on this. We don't know how a serial killer is made, and yeah. we don't know how to catch him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? All the experts don't know either, so... Well, here's a guy, just another story. He's well, out there. Well, you know, it's just, it, it um, substantiates my theory. Did you get jealous of Kunanen? Is that why you're uh, talking to us now? Um, no, actually, I was thinking about writing a musical about Andrew Kunanen, but... Guy's a comedian, too. Huh? Guy's a... Uh, comedian. <laughs> hey, some psychologist is on the line. You want to talk to him? Sure. I mean, since you're looking for answers. Sure. Okay. Let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Robert? How you doing, Howard? Hey, man. Go ahead. Just wondering, uh, how long did this guy wet his bed when he was a young boy? Are you, are you serious, or are you just trying to make a joke? No, I'm totally serious. Did you wet your bed when you were a young boy? Uh, no. Didn't do that at all. No. How about starting fires? Huh? How about starting fires? Sure. Yep. You did start fires? Yeah. How old were you? How old were you when you... for people to burn, not get into serial killing, to uh, start fires, uh, wet their bed when they're young. Hmm. Along with the mutilation of little animals, but he said he didn't do that, so... Right. That's kind of something that was missing. But fires was in your history, right? You could say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, um... It starts off as external ways of showing off their anger, and then they move on and go on to bigger and better things, I guess. I wonder why this guy kills. Did you have any, uh, guess? I don't know. I think you're right on with something with his family, his childhood. Yeah, what's he so angry about? Right. You know, unfortunately, he's real angry, and he's uh, out there hurting a lot of innocent women. Yeah, what do I do with a guy like this? Just hang up and uh, forget about it, or uh, is there anything well, I can... Depends on, I mean, what are you... Howard, what are you going to do? Of course, you're not going to, like, turn him in, but... Uh, well, I mean, I would, but I can't. I mean, want, A lot of people would want to turn him in, but what can you do? You talk to him, try and figure out what's going on. Yeah, all right. That's what I'm... Uh, then I'll probably just hang up. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot, Howard. Right, thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Mr. Serial Killer. You know, I mean, Want to give us your name? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I know I'm not going to get him to turn himself in. I, I've had calls from people go, well, why didn't you do something? I go, well, what am I supposed to do? The guy's on the phone. Crawl through the phone and get him? Yeah. They were like, well, why don't you trace these calls? And I'm like, well, I don't have that equipment. Yeah, what are we, the police? I can't, get a, I can't even get a phone system that works for air. Let alone a uh, tracing thing. <laughs> oh, Jackie's back there bumming out. Oh, oh. Oh. First, I wasn't buying it, but now I think I'd buy it. Nah, I'd buy it. Yeah, I bought that's that guy. Sort of offhand attitude that you have to have to be a serial killer. Nah, I, I'd buy it. Yeah, when he said Bob Booey, I was hoping he was going to break it. Yeah. Yeah, you horse two jackasses. Right, right, right. He <laughs> snapped right point. back, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he was the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you the truth. Okay, Tom, you're on the air. Okay, so let's discuss that phone call. My first question is, is it real? 
Yeah. I mean, my first thought as I was listening to that is I actually felt like they did a pretty good job getting as much information as they could from the guy. Yeah. Because regardless of whether or not it's real, you should probably treat it like it's real just in case. Right. Right. And so I, I mean, I don't know how the public reacted in the 90s when this was recorded. I would assume people kind of like Howard Stern was saying at the end, I'm sure people were probably criticizing him or saying like, why are you treating it so flippantly or asking him these questions and laughing or whatever? But I actually felt like he was doing a good job of making it sound nonchalant and casual enough where the guy would keep talking right yeah yeah it kind of sounded like to me too that the guy was like in distress or something maybe he was nervous I don't know but he kind of sounded like how you sound when you're talking to someone on the phone you're like crying and trying not to let them know that you're crying oh you got that vibe I got that vibe like he was like like just taking too long in between words sometimes like he was gathering his breath or something I I was kind of interpreting it as like not wanting to say too much that might give him away but mm. still wanting to keep Howard Stern intrigued enough to continue talking to him right because he seemed very excited once he realized that it was Howard Stern right. and not somebody else but I guess the other way to interpret that might be well he wasn't really answering the questions in a super detailed way because it's not true and he was yeah. just trying to figure out how to stay on the line for longer right like he's just like a weird fan and yeah. just wanted to be on the air yeah, or something or someone and with a I don't know weird kink or something yeah yeah so I one of the first time I heard it I felt like it kind of sounded like bullshit like I feel like the guy was trying to sound like he was Christian Bale in American Psycho yeah. like he literally was sounding like that. oh I mean this dude's definitely a loser either way yeah so but he you could tell he was trying to make himself sound like humble but also really powerful right. and intriguing and look and how mysterious. smart I am and no one's caught me right yeah 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 I mean I I really got like Christian Bale vibes from him just based off of that voice Voice, would you picture that person looking like based off of the voice and what he was telling you the physical descriptors it sounded like someone honestly his voice sounded to me like very weak I like I picture somebody small really yeah small or at the very least like doesn't really have any mus- muscles do you picture it like this no, I don't know. So Natalia is showing me a picture of Christian Bale in American Psycho where he's looking at the... Um, I love the, Christian Bale in American Psycho. He's, he's like, looking at the business card. Yeah, yeah, he's looking at the business card. He's like so fucking hot in that and so crazy <laughs> and like it's really confusing, but obviously he's bad, but he is yeah. hot in that. Like he's I just an attractive guy. I didn't find him hot in that Really? Movie. No, I actually watched it recently too because the first time I ever saw it was in college and then I rewatched it fairly recently. I think it's on hulu or something and that's why i watched it yeah um yeah it's super good movie and christian bale is an excellent actor right but no i was not sexually attracted to him in that movie no not who he was but just like his his like body that he was in oh okay I was attracted to. Okay. I understand that you're not attracted yes. to. He like that was the whole thing of the movie though. It's like he was this attractive white collar professional, so like nobody ever suspected of him of being like a weirdo murderer. No, guy. he was forgettable. Totally forgettable in that in that movie because people are like think he's someone else the whole time. Remember when he's like having dinner with his colleagues and they think he's someone else and they're like, "Oh yeah, that uh, like oh fuck that guy," and they're talking shit about Christian Bale's character, right. but because they don't realize that it's 
Christian Bale. Right. Like he's, he's just so forgettable and like not important to any of these people. Yeah. And yeah. it's like really pisses him off. Yeah. Cause he wants to be the one with the best apartment and like yeah. the best business card and like the coolest stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it worked on me, Christian Bale, in American yeah. Psycho, so I thought <laughs> He's you a were good actor. attractive. I also wrote here that, like, anyone who actually likes their corporate job might be in danger of being a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> you might not be doing it now, but if you find yourself comparing the quality of your business cards oh, with yeah. others, you are definitely on your way to being a serial killer. Totally. Or at the very least, just a sociopath. Right. Yeah. Or a psychopath. Howard and Robin, in that phone call, they kind of seem like they couldn't tell if it was some sort of edgy joker. Or not either. So let's recount what all the guys said, and you can sure. help me out too. Mm-hmm. He he said his name was Clay. He wanted to see the next Batman. He killed twelve sex workers, maybe thirteen, because he said there was another one. Right? He let a couple get away. He mm-hmm. said he usually kills with a hammer, but not always. He doesn't like that they aren't afraid of doing their job. He tells them that they're going to die, and he let one go because she seemed innocent. He's in the New Orleans area. The police didn't have the right lead, which was a black police officer. He had not killed in a year because his car broke down, and he also cites as self-control. He said he was a white guy. He said he was intimidating, but maybe not necessarily powerful. He didn't have any tattoos. He started fires as a child, but he didn't kill small animals. And what are some other things? His parents are still together. His parents um, are still together. One of them is religious, but not the other one. Right. He used to have a fiance. He has, I'm not clear if he said kids, plural. Yeah, or kids. Kids. Okay, so he has kids, but he's not married to the mother of his children. Right. And he has a job, and he he made a comment about how he killed a rat by bludgeoning it to death because it flooded at the place where he worked. Right. And there were rats or something. I didn't, I don't, I think they interrupted him while he was talking. Which could have been a really good clue as to where he worked. Yeah. Because that to me sounds like a kitchen, right? Or maybe a janitorial job. Yeah. Yeah. And he says it's by the side of the road sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that he kills, yeah, he kills women by the side of the road. He drives them into the middle of nowhere. He said that he tells them something about like, you can try to run, but there's a whole lot of nothing out here. Yeah, he says we can play the running game if we're out in the middle of nowhere, which I assume means he tells them they're going to die and they start running and he chases them, which makes me think that he's somewhat fit if he can keep up with them for a while. I thought he was saying that they don't ever try to run. Like that he'll tell them like, hey, you can try to run if you want, but like we're in the middle of nowhere and then he just kills them. Oh, I don't know. See, miss, this is why the Howard Stern and Robin should not have been interrupting as much as they did. Because now I know. we just don't know. It seems like they, if someone, especially if you are a sex worker, because you're a scrappy individual based off of just what you have to do for a living. If someone tells you you're going to die, you would at least try to run away, right? Or do you think they're just like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to die? I mean, it's tough to say. I feel like if uh, if I was just like living my life and some guy came up to me and was like, you could try to run, but you'll die. I might just be so confused. Right. Maybe they don't understand yeah. it. And but, he thinks yeah. he's like delivering this awesome Christian Bale one-liner, but he's not. I, he also strikes me as someone who would absolutely not think of like saying that in the moment. He right. seems like a really nervous guy. Yeah. And he was he was into comic books and into mm-hmm. literature. And he got ideas from things that he read and he saw yeah. in comic books. So do you think it's real? It's tough to say. I mean, if it's real, I would assume they would have found him, right? Because that seems like a lot of clues. I know, a lot of clues, right? But I guess maybe not because there are, I mean, Howard Stern started to say, I don't know if he finished his thought or not, but 
uh, unfortunately, a lot of serial killers focus their anger on sex workers because it's harder to track them. Right. Um, you know, maybe some fellow sex workers are are reticent to come forward because they don't want to be like, hey, I'm a sex worker right. and I witnessed this weird guy. Yeah. You know, why would you want to go to the police about right. that? I'm sure they have weird guys all the time. Yeah. 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 That's the other thing. I'm sure they have weird guys all the time. Um if you're a snitch and and that gets out, maybe you don't have any clients anymore. I mean, I'm not sure. So yeah, uh, it's just a really vulnerable population. And I'm um, sure if you have like uh, someone controlling you, like a pimp or something like that, they're not like, yeah, go talk to the police. Exactly. Like, no, bitch, do your job. Yeah. And I'm sure that a lot of people that are in sex work in new orleans um i know like new orleans has a like a i think there's a lot of drug trafficking that mm-hmm. happens throughout the south in general yeah. and then louisiana in particular yeah so i'm sure that a lot of these people are not in contact with their families necessarily right. it's not like they um have like a home or a nine to five and they're doing this at night i think yeah. most people this is like their lifestyle right, right. so i'm they wouldn't necessarily be missed if they went missing and that's yeah. fucked up but super that's the fucked. reality yeah. yeah super fucked up so do you think it's real? Do you think this clay guy was serious? I, I don't know. That's such an interesting question. I tend to think it's fake just because like a, a police officer in Louisiana being the prime suspect in a string of sex worker murders, I feel like would make the news, wouldn't it? It did. It did? Yeah. Wait. So it turns out that clay was super serious. The day after this episode of The Howard Stern Show aired, the FBI showed up at Stern's studios to collect the audio as evidence. In 1991, someone started killing people, mostly sex workers, in the Algiers and Trime neighborhoods in New Orleans. Those are French words. I don't know. I don't understand New Orleans. Do we say it French? Is it like it it is in L.A. where if it's Spanish, you just say it with an American accent? Right, like last week's episode? Yeah, don't know. I could have researched it, but I did not. I'm sorry, guys. It's fine. Uh, So I'm just, for the rest of this, I'm going to say in New Orleans. I'm not even going to tell you what neighborhoods. There you go. Eventually, this person who was killing sex workers would end up claiming 24 victims. And at first, law enforcement didn't think anything of these murders. They didn't know that it was the work of a serial killer because there wasn't anything unique about these murders. No signature left at the scene of the crime. Yes. Yeah. The areas where the bodies were found are in very heavy, violent crime areas. In fact, I googled both of those neighborhoods and all of the Google su- suggested searches were stuff like, where should I avoid in New Orleans when you typed oh, in that really? thing? Yeah. And those neighborhoods were all listed. According to the Electronic System for Travel Authorization, ESTA, which who knew what that was? <laughs> Ali, do you know what an ESTA is? No. The Okay, so this is another rabbit hole that I spent too much time on. It's not relevant, but I'm going to tell you just because we all deserve to know now. The visa waiver program to get into the United States allows for citizens of certain countries to travel to the USA without having to get a visa. But if you're a citizen of one of those places where you don't have to get a visa, you have to obtain an ESTA, which takes like, I don't know, not that long to apply for. Okay, so, so it's, it's an alternative to a visa? Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't understand. It's like, oh, we're not, you don't have to get a visa. You have to get this other thing that's basically 
basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Then just make them get a visa. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it either. I'm sure somebody is really smart that listens to our show and is involved in immigration services. And you can tell us in the comments below what the difference is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not relevant. But boy, did I spend a lot of time (laughs) on that ESTA website trying to figure out what the fuck it was. Oh, man, I can relate to that. So in a post for the ESTA website entitled, Is New Orleans Safe? Top 20 Places to Avoid. Treme was listed as one of the inner city downtown neighborhoods with uh, 266% greater than national average crime rate and mm-hmm. violent crime rate was 327% higher despite the higher police pre- wow. presence there. So because these areas are high crime areas, at first the police didn't even know there was a serial killer on right. the loose. And then once law enforcement started to suspect that there was a serial killer, they took an entire year of studying and trying to catch the killer before alerting the public. Because once the cops know that there's one person who's doing all of these murders, they can try to bait that murderer and catch them. And they can use the fact that the killer doesn't know that they know to their advantage. So they keep collecting evidence until a year after suspecting that there's a killer. In 1995, the cops alert the local media to get help from the public. That is how the Howard Stern caller knew that there was a suspect for some of his killings because he heard it on the news. Here are some of the victims of the New Orleans serial killer. See? Oh, wow, that's a long list. Yeah, you want to just... Yeah, Natalia's showing me a list that's divided up by year. So it starts with 1991. I mean, there's so many people on this list. And it goes all the way to 1996. And it looks like the majority of the killings are focused in the first quarter of each year. There's like a lot of Februaries and Januaries that I'm seeing. Lots of Julys. Not so many... Not so many Decembers or Novembers, interestingly. I don't know what that means. Yeah, the holidays. Maybe he's busy with his kids around that time. Yeah. Do you see how most of them in the the oh. in the parentheses next to them? Yes. You notice anything? So in the parentheses next to these names, there is listed the way that these women were murdered. And I'll read some of them. So it says, this woman was strangled and left for dead but survived. The next woman was beaten and strangled. Next woman killed by an unknown cause. Beaten and strangled. Died from strangulation and a cocaine overdose. Strangled. Killed by unknown causes. Died from either strangulation or smothering. Killed by unknown causes. Killed by unknown causes. Strangled. 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 Asphyxiated. Killed by unknown causes. Killed by unknown causes. Killed by unknown causes. Killed by unknown causes. Mm-hmm. Killed by unknown causes. And it continues, continues. Right. This next person drowned. Mm-hmm. This person was strangled. Strangled. Unknown causes. So it's kind of interesting that there's a bunch that are unknown causes, right? Yeah. I yeah. wonder what that even means. The reason is because the bodies were too badly decayed. Oh. So the these bodies were found in like bogs and bayous and near bodies of water where they had decayed a lot before they were found. Okay. So some of them are listed as Jane Doe's as well because they couldn't even identify How some of sad. the victims. But that first one that got away, she ended up really helping. So I want to go back to the first victim who was 17-year-old Danielle Britton. And she was found on August 4th, 1991, and she was covered in trash at this illegal dump site next to a deserted highway. She lived nearby the site where her body was found with her mother, and she had been strangled and possibly raped 12 hours earlier, but they couldn't tell because just the, the rate of decay of the body and all of that. 
But she lived, I thought. She, the first one did not, no. Oh. And after the investigation on Danielle Britton began, Detective Elizabeth Wigington was approached by a victim who had escaped. Oh, oh, I so see. So they saw like, hey, you're investigating this this um, murder help, that happened I I right saw... over here. Yeah. I was, someone attempted to murder me and left me oh. here and then I woke up. Let me tell you my story. Wow. So the victim who's, who goes by Brenda, but that's like a not real name because they're trying to protect her identity. She survived, but she was severely injured by the man who tried to kill her. And she said that he began following her one night when she was going to a friend's house and that he insisted on giving her a ride but she refused after she refused he forcibly abducted her and took her to the same trash site where danielle's body would be found that man tried to strangle her and then he left her for dead but she woke up the next morning and she described her attacker to police now we're not a hundred percent sure if that story is true because if she was a sex worker she might have been trying to change her alibi a little bit to cover that fact but she still wanted to help with the murder like maybe she wasn't going to a friend's house and got abducted into a car maybe she was already in the car you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so we we don't really know that third victim Charlene Prince was found on September 22nd in 1991 and she was dumped only one mile away from where Danielle was found and then the fourth victim was found on December 14th 1991 and was never identified Identified. She was in her early 20s, 5'2", and weighed 125, and she had protruding front teeth, and so they still haven't identified her. On January of 14th and 92, there was a 29-year-old named Lydia Madison who was found murdered, and she was the fifth victim, and she was found under the Greater New Orleans Bridge, very close to the police headquarters. Oh. The three other victims who were later found dead brought the total number to eight, and then seven were found within that three-mile radius. They discovered that the killer had killed once a month and was always strangling the victims and then left them nude and face down in or near illegal dump sites. And they described the man as being clean cut, well dressed and 5'10 with a muscular build. On the night of Danielle Britton's murder, the first girl, he had been seen with her outside of a bar called Neva's Rendezvous, and he was driving a blue Regal or a Monte Carlo, and he has never been identified. But here are the police sketches. Well, that... So I'm looking at three police sketches and they're all showing a black man. Right. So it's kind of confusing, right? Because Clay is calling in and claiming these details of this and he's saying he's a white guy. Yeah. And that it's funny that they think it's a black guy. Oh, but what if he's calling in to throw off the trail? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm telling you. (laughs) That's why I had to keep going into this. So also at this time, this is a high crime area and sex work at this time at this location was a dangerous job so it's not unheard of that there were women who went missing and found were wound up dead later so they're not entirely sure which of these deaths are attributed to the serial killer and which deaths are unrelated okay so that's the other part of this mystery is like what is what and yeah so i mean sadly there could have been multiple serial killers operating in this area at that time right so maybe those sketches are of one of these people who was murdering but the guy that called in is somebody else i mean who knows and it could have been the one that the girl that got away she could have been describing someone else like maybe she wasn't even related to that incident yeah Yeah. i don't know 
So a lot of those bodies were found really decayed, and a lot of them they had found in a body of water, so they couldn't tell how they were killed, like I said. So now we know that there is a serial killer who is killing in the New Orleans area. But is it the same person who called into Howard Stern? Allie, thoughts? I, it sounds like there's two different people, right? Because one is a, a white guy named Clay that is interested mm-hmm. in comic books and sounds a little bit younger, right? Yeah. Doesn't he sound younger to you when you were hearing his phone call? I, I mean, literally just saw Christian Bale in American uh, Psycho okay. the whole time. Well, and then the <laughs> sketch that you showed me looks like an older guy that's like a little more heavy set, right? In my opinion, and so and is a completely different race. Yeah, com- like completely different physical features. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So one of those victims got away, but could that be the one that Clay had said he let live? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. So the FBI thinks that Clay is the real killer because Clay revealed information about the murders that the authorities said they never made public. Oh. Some of the details that the caller talked about were things that only the real killer would know. So then based off of this information the phone call and just what the police have gathered, the police come up with a suspect. Okay. So remember how the killer said that the cops had a suspect for some of his killings, but it wasn't him and that it was a black police officer? Mm-hmm. The black police officer's name is Victor Gant. And what happened was that one of the victims from 1991 survived and gave a description of a black police officer as the killer to law enforcement. But then in 1995 in New Orleans, there was a woman who was murdered who was allegedly a sex worker. Her name was Karen Iverster, and her friend was also killed with her, and her name was Sharon Robinson. But Sharon's boyfriend was a black police officer with the New Orleans Police Department named Victor Gant. So obviously he then becomes a suspect. Right. Maybe obviously, maybe not obviously. I don't know. Well, and normally when someone's murdered, they first look at who like is that relationship. person dating. Yeah. yeah. And they had been having a tumultuous relationship, which we will get into. So here's a photo of Victor Gant. Does he sort of look like those police sketches? Can you go back to the police sketch so I can... Yeah, he has the same facial hair. Sort for of. Sure. Sort of. The police sketch, I mean, does it, it's so hard to tell with these composite sketches. I don't know. Maybe maybe yes, maybe no. But he does not, to me, look exactly like it. Like, yeah, he's like a black, heavy set man in the, around the same age, but they don't look very similar to I me. I would say I the know. facial hair is similar. Like, he has the Fu Manchu, if you guys know what that right. is, who are listening. And he's bald. And that seems to match the sketch somewhat, right? Oh, no. Oh, in the sketch, the they guy has hair. They don't have a Fu Manchu. Yeah. Do you have a Fu Manchu? I'm looking over at Gio, our It's like a handlebar engineer. mustache. You don't thing. have a Fu Manchu. No. Yeah, you got you got the nice uh, the nice beard. I feel like Fu Manchu can go either way. Like, are you a cowboy or are right. you a serial killer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here is where one of those bodies was found. That police officer is pointing to it Ooh. of the two Yeah, girls. it looks very marshy. Looks like it's underneath a, a main road. Yeah, there's like a bridge going over a swamp, essentially. And then here is the other body of water where the other fo- body was found. Yep. So, like I said, Robinson, who was the woman who was murdered, that was allegedly dating Gant had recently split up with him and two months before she died she said that Gant who was a boxer and a weightlifter and he was a 15-year veteran patrolman had 
abused her. Okay. She made a police report. Quote, we spoke with some family members and the first thing that the family members told our deputies was that they were having domestic problems. He had hit her, he had beat her, and she had been brought to the hospital on a few occasions. And then when police questioned Robinson's daughter, she also said some other troubling things about Gant. She said, quote, they fought all the time. My mother had a broken nose once and she went to the police, but a lot of things were swept under the rug because he was a police officer. Questioned by police, witnesses at the casino where Robinson worked at said that they saw Gant with Robinson at the casino at 2.30 a.m., which was roughly six hours before her body was found. In June of 1995, the authorities got a warrant seeking head hair, pubic hair, and saliva samples from Victor Gant, the policeman. The samples, along with a wad of chewing tobacco that was left at the murder scene near Ivester's body, was sent off to a crime lab for comparison. And then four months later, investigators who thought that they had a nail in the head of this case were just floored when the results of the DNA test proved to be inconclusive. Inconclusive. That's frustrating because at least if it's negative, you can like rule somebody out. Right. Or if it's positive, you rule them in. But it's it's frustrating when stuff is inconclusive. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because they're kind of saying that stuff was covered up because he was a cop and he was had been on the mm. force for 15 years. So like, who knows? Maybe things got tampered with or maybe inconclusive is less inconclusive than we think it is. You know, who knows? Who knows? And so the media already knows that Victor Gant is a suspect in this and they um, have kind of ran with that. And so it's sort of this like press field day of uh, like the police department defending Gant and being like, no, he he's not guilty. He hasn't been found guilty. He we did a DNA test and he's not guilty. And the media being like, oh, well. Well, here's a picture of this guy who was dating this woman and was seen with her at 2.30 right before she went missing and has a uh, history of domestic abuse with yeah, her. Yeah, red flag. Yeah, and so it, it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation. And Victor Gantz, Victor Gantz's lawyer does a bunch of sort of like press stuff to try to reverse this like public image yeah, of him. PR. Yeah, and saying that like if he had been found guilty, they would have found him guilty, but they didn't. And eventually he was removed from the police force for the domestic abuse claims. So Gant was never charged. There was a lot of articles that were written about him and I want to read you one of the articles that I read. Okay. So this article was published to The Independent Saturday, August 12th, 1995 by John Carlin. The headline says, Serial Killer May Be Policeman. Police in New Orleans suspect that one of their own officers is a serial killer who has murdered 24 people, including his girlfriend and several prostitutes, and jumped their naked bodies in swamps on the edge of the Mississippi. The killer who began his attacks in August of 1991 has claimed seven victims this year alone, the most recent in May. Most of the victims, five of whom were men, were strangled or suffocated. The police, who have set up a task force with the FBI to track down the murderer, have suspected for about a year that there was a serial killer on the loose. But only on Friday did they decide to make the announcement when they appealed to the public for help. Police said that they had positively identified 18 of the victims, but the names of the rest were unknown because the bodies were too badly decomposed. The suspect has been identified in a police sketch as a large, muscular, black man in his 30s. Richard Pennington, 
chief of the New Orleans police, said that a police officer was a suspect, but he refused to identify him. The link to police officer was made last April when Sharon Robinson, a casino coin changer, and her friend, Karen Iverster, were murdered. Robinson's boyfriend was a police officer called Victor Gant, who has denied any wrongdoing. Gant has not been charged and continues to carry out his desk job at the police department in New Orleans. However, in the opinion of opponents of the death penalty, the most notorious serial killer in the United States is the state itself. More than two dozen people have been executed this year. The latest execution occurred in the small hours of Friday in Oklahoma City, but there was a strange twist to the tale. On Thursday night, Robert Breachin, the condemned man, was found in his cell suffering from a severe overdose of sedatives. Prison authorities rushed him to a hospital where his stomach was pumped. After Breachin had regained consciousness, he was taken back to the state penitentiary, strapped to a bed, and put to death by lethal injection. Officials said that the reason they had to revive Breachin was that under a ruling made by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1986, a condemned prisoner had to be aware of his execution, and he had to know why he was being executed. The execution was witnessed by the husband of a woman who Breachin had murdered in 1983, Hilton Stubbs, 71, said he applauded the prison authorities' decision to bring his wife's murderer back to life before carrying out the death sentence. It wasn't his job to take his life, Mr. Stubbs said. Okay. So obviously there's a lot to unpack in that article. Also, that guy who killed himself and then they brought him back to life just to kill him in front of a victim's husband is like super fucking haunted. That's extremely haunted. There was like so many twists and turns in that article. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, that's why I had to tell you because I had to experience that. Like you thought this was about a murder suspect? Nope, this is an opinion piece on the death penalty. Nope, this is a revenge story for a widowed husband. Nope, this is actually just leading up to like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie line. It wasn't his job to take his life. Okay, question. Yes. If somebody dies, you bring them back and kill them. Do you get a double ghost? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. That's like, a great question. Did they, when you die the first time. Like the time, first time there was a ghost. It does like part bring... of your soul escape from <gasps> your body and create like half a ghost. Would and you then... get a triple ghost though because you killed the first ghost to bring that person back to life? These are the questions. This, yeah. This These is... are the questions. Okay. So let me let me sum this up. You're telling me that somebody called Howard Stern's show. Yes. Claiming to be a serial killer. They gave extensive details on the deaths of about 12 or 13 sex workers in New Orleans. And then the FBI, once this aired came out to Howard Stern's show and they were like, hey, this actually like might be yeah, so something that's happened. Once a bunch of bodies start turning up of all of these people being strangled and a bunch of bodies that are so badly decayed they couldn't even tell who it was. Or when they were or killed. Or when they were killed or how they were killed, but they were all near the same spot. They they started to suspect that maybe this was a serial killer who's dumping bodies in the same spot. And okay. this is like a ritual for them. So then the FBI gets involved because now this a serial killer is now like a federal thing. And mm-hmm. so they make a task force with the New Orleans Police Department that's comprised of the FBI and local like law authorities and they start working on the cases together but they're running into a few weird things because one of the suspects is a police officer on the force who's right. also working on the fucking task force oh. to solve the case 
Yeah, that seems like a conflict of yeah. interest. Yeah. Well, and it's like, okay, if somebody is falsely accused, that really sucks that their whole image is like tarnished forever. However, I don't feel that bad for him because right. it, he was beating his girlfriend. Yeah, I know. It's hard to it's feel hard be bad it, for you're him. You're like, okay, he should have lost his job, right? Right. Because he was beating yeah. his partner. Yeah. But at least, I mean, I don't know. That's tough. So do you do we think Victor Gant could be the killer who called in no. to the story? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he kind of seems like the opposite of Clay. I mean, maybe that's just me stereotyping what a police officer is, but I feel like the person who called into the show seemed young, unsure of themselves, nervous, like not very confident, clearly had some like deep-seated issues. And when I think of a police officer, whether good or bad, I think of someone who's going to speak with like a commanding voice and authority. Right. Whether yeah. like whether or not it's a good guy or a bad cop, I still feel like they're going to if they're calling somewhere or talking to you, they're going to be like, "Hey, like <laughs> put your phone away or whatever you know what i mean like they're not going to be like oh i don't know I do was... any cops listen to this podcast even though we do cop slander all the time Ah, uh, leave a comment below yeah if you're not afraid if you're a cop <laughs> yeah, yeah let us know you guys they're gonna out themselves okay so to me it's a no that it's this person i guess we could say that he's hiding in plain sight um because he gave dna samples but maybe there's a small chance that the evidence on the bodies was too decayed or perhaps he was calling in just trying to throw himself off the next suspect is russell elwood and here's a photo of russell okay yeah so Russell is uh, not a black police officer. He no. was born in 1951 and he was a taxi driver in New Orleans during the time of the murders. In 1994, he drove up to a deserted state highway spot along the canal and he needed to illegally dump the dirty oil from an oil change from his car into the canal below. And he chose this specific spot because it was hidden from view and he would be able to dispose of the oil without getting caught at this illegal dumping place. Oh, I see. However, there happened to be two off-duty sheriff deputies watching this particular spot because it turns out a year before in 1993, a woman named Cheryl Lewis, who was 30, had drowned in the canal while under the influence of cocaine and amphetamines. And less than a fifth of a mile away, Dolores Mack, who was 40 at the time, was found strangled and suffocated. And cocaine was also found in her blood. So the, ch the police were kind of staking this area out. Like, is this killer going to come back? Right. Police noted this interaction from Elwood because they think that serial killers often return to the scene of the crime. So Elwood becomes a suspect in 1997's When the Killings Stop. And by 1997, Elwood was living in Florida. He was like full Florida man when detectives approached him and asked him to help investigators on their serial killer task force to find a killer. And Elwood is like super excited about this. OK, he's like like a very you'll see he's a Florida man. So when police come up to him, they're like, do you want to be on an FBI task force to find he's a like, killer? Fuck yeah. yeah, he's like, I've dreamed of doing this my whole life. I can't believe I'm going to be on a fucking task force to find a killer, not realizing that he's a suspect. And that's why they're talking to him. So in 1998, Russell Elwood stood trial for the 1993 murders of Cheryl Lewis and Dolores Mack. And they suspected that all of the other women, too, but they couldn't prove it. So that mm. task force that I told you about is just trying to pin all of these murders on 
someone to just get it over with. They've been working on this for several years and they haven't had any leads. So then when they find Elwood, who is this guy that has a criminal history, and they find out that there was an inmate in a Florida jail where he had spent time on a cocaine conviction. And that inmate had told investigators that Elwood had bragged to him that he enjoyed having sex with people on drugs who weren't in control of their bodies. That's gross. Yeah. And then afterward, Elwood went to Ohio to stay with his relatives and the police came and questioned him. And he says that during that questioning, he was so badgered and they the police officers had promised him a flight to New Orleans so that he could meet with his longtime lawyer, whose name is Ross Scaccia. And Elwood has like a a long history of uh, criminal cases and accusations and uh, he served time and this lawyer has like helped him out of a lot of situations. So he says that when they are like, oh, you just will let you go fly back to your lawyer in New Orleans if you just like admit to doing whatever, just like killing these people. He says that he was just thinking, okay, if I can just get to my lawyer, he'll fix all of this. Oh, I see. So I like literally just have to get to my lawyer. No, like no matter. What? Is that illegal to be like you can't go to your lawyer yeah. unless you admit to yeah, committing and a crime? And some people are really stupid, so they like talk to the yeah. cops and like listen to them. And the cops will always be like, "You're going to go to jail for a long time, and you'll never see your family again. Right. And you got to tell us everyone else who's involved in this. And just don't fucking snitch, no matter what it is, and you'll be fine." It reminds me a lot of the witch trial episode we did of Musham Castle, where it's like you can't leave until you tell me who else is a witch. But right. then once you say who else is a witch, now they, you're all burned at the stake. Yeah, state. exactly. Yeah. There's no winning, guys. Don't be a snitch. Okay, so Elwood says that he wanted to get to Scatia and then he told them that he had dumped the body of the woman in the water off of the rural world just to get to his attorney. You want to hear what this like amazing lawyer's defense is? Is the defense that the guy is just really dumb? Yeah. Yeah. So Scaccia says that Elwood was a serial loser. (laughs) Elwood had grown up in Ohio and he moved to New Orleans 30 years after high school where he worked as a freelance photographer and then he turned to driving a cab and he had few friends, never had a girlfriend and constantly thought of get rich quick schemes that never worked. He inherited $15,000 from his mother, but he lost it all investing in penny stocks, and he slept in his cab when he couldn't afford a boarding house. He helped the police at first because he craved the attention of detectives who told him that he could help them solve the case. Quote, he's just an unswift, lonely man who's always trying to be a success and has never succeeded at anything. End quote. Scaccia also claimed that in the lawsuit that Lieutenant Rushing, the one who supposedly badgered him, persuaded a key witness, Sharon Jones to make up a story that Elwood had taken her to the canal to smoke crack and see a quote surprise. According to the police affidavit, Elwood showed Jones one body in the canal with an arm and a hand showing and another body that was almost submerged. Elwood and his lawyers said that he was in Ohio at the time of the murders, but the receipts that could prove it were destroyed or concealed by Lieutenant Rushing. Elwood was a meticulous record creeper and authorities tracked his activities for years through receipts, but in 1993 receipts seized by police have a mysterious two-week gap in February during that time. Mm. Scaccia says that the police were so desperate to prove that they captured the serial killer that they had told this witness to say whatever she could to just accuse him. That's basically what the cop said. He was like, they're trying to railroad this guy. He's not involved in this, but the task force is just tired of doing this and everyone looks bad. And this lieutenant, like, she thinks that it's him just because he's sort of a piece of shit, but 
she doesn't have the proof that it's him. So they're kind of doing like what they did in the OJ case. Like everyone knows it was fucking OJ, but the cops fucked up because they messed with the evidence. They should have just let everything like right. fall where it fell. Right. Also, and that's what it, the lawyer ended up saying was that the evidence was tampered with. If somebody comes up to me and says, hey, uh, we're going to go smoke crack and I'm going to show you a surprise under a bridge. I am not going to go with that person. Also, I don't even, if maybe it's not crack. Maybe someone just comes up to me and they're like, I'm going to give you a bag of iPhones and show you a surprise under a bridge. I'm not going with that person. Right. Nothing... That is a recipe for yeah. being murdered. Right. A bag of iPhones. <laughs> so the prosecutors eventually admitted that they had no physical evidence to place Elwood at the crime scene scenes because he was in Ohio at the time. So they just only charged him with the murder of Cheryl Lewis, but then that he was probably responsible for the other 15 well, that's murders not in the how New Orleans area. the justice system is supposed to work. You can't just be like, he probably did it. Right. I know. It's like pretty fucked. So yeah. they, they dropped one of the two murder charges, but they ended up just putting him in jail anyways. And he is serving to this day. He's got a life sentence. So then what, what, what did they have on Elwood, which allowed them to put him into prison back in 1999? You said witness testimony, right? Yeah, witness testimony. Two witness testimonies. But his lawyer argues that both of those people, one of them was a sex worker. And so his uh, lawyer was saying she was just going to say whatever she could to get immunity from the law. And the other one was a former inmate of him that was also trying to get immunity from the law. Jailhouse snitches are notoriously unreliable right and then then the fbi probed into looking at that lieutenant who supposedly had like fucked with everything and they said that they basically already had a guy in jail for the crime and so they like will look in to see what the sheriff did but they were only going to re-examine this case if new information was presented so it's kind of like this guy fell through the cracks he needs kim kardashian yeah yeah that's what a dystopian society we live in when you need Kim Kardashian to not be in jail for something you didn't do. Right, exactly. And then interestingly enough is that on August 4th, 1997, Elwood had been arrested on drug charges and he was incarcerated for 85 days. And so if those dates are accurate, which we think they are, he would have been calling from jail to the Howard Stern show. So which is probably and didn't that would happen. have been recorded. Yeah. yeah. So now we can say we don't know exactly who Clay is from the Howard Stern show. But it's not Russell Elwood who's doing time for these crimes. And it's not Victor Krant, who's not doing times for these crimes. And he beat the shit out of someone who's dead now and yeah. didn't have to do anything for that. Oh, and God, so, so fucked. yeah. And so it's just fucking what the fuck. So thoughts. The theories are one, that the phone call is a hoax, which I don't think it is. Number two, it's Victor Gant. It could be Victor Gant. We don't know. The police sort of like flubbed the case and messed yeah. with some stuff. And it could be Russell Elwood, but probably not just based off of everything we talked about. Or multiple killers, which seems kind of legit to me. Or the killer is still at large. I I really wish that there would have been a way to trace that phone call. And I know at the end of the Howard Stern segment with this person, Howard mentioned that, like, oh, there's going to be people complaining, saying, why didn't you trace the call? Like, we don't have that technology. We're not the police. Uh-huh. Um And I guess also in the 90s, it's not like nowadays, I don't know if you've ever looked at your phone bill, but now you can see where calls originate from and where they're received at. So even though my phone was purchased in one city, if I'm in a different city, 
it'll show up as me having called from that city. Yeah. I mean, he was probably calling from like a payphone outside of a 7-Eleven or I something like that. I mean, you like think, that. but how, I mean, who knows? So I wonder if they tried anything at all to trace the call. And again, I know it was early 90s, so it's not like, do you remember when like call ID was like yeah. a big invention? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they just didn't, didn't know who was that. calling. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He, that probably was a clue that that no one followed up on. He just like left all these clues, but didn't realize that the police department doesn't give a fuck about yeah, the yeah. solving justice and so i bet if they would have traced that call that he made to the howard stern show it would have been like at a bookstore and then that bookstore was like related to like the next date or something like that but like no one looked into it so maybe he quit i don't know maybe he's like the fuck this being a serial killer yeah nobody gives a (laughs) shit i know i was actually thinking as you were saying that what is the bigger punishment as a serial killer is it not being able to kill anymore because you're in jail or is it that literally nobody gives a shit about yeah. you it's, at all it's christian bale an american psycho yeah. even when he was killing those people he was Nobody like mad that no one, gave, no one gave a shit yeah. right and i think he even told someone at the end of that and they just like didn't even like yeah they were just like didn't even notice didn't even care so final thoughts that's a crazy story i am i honestly i don't know what to think i don't know if the call was legit or not but i know if i received a call like that I can't say I would have done anything different from what Howard Stern and Robin did. As much as I don't like Howard Stern, I do think he did the right thing by keeping the guy talking. I don't know what else you can do in that situation. Like Howard Stern said, you know, towards the end of that call, I can hang up on him. And eventually he did. Yeah. But I think if you hang up on someone and just dismiss them, then maybe you're the one person who could lead to solving the case if you just keep the person talking so i think he did the right thing yeah well i mean it's also a conflict of interest for him because he is a famous radio host and he has to have a show that's entertaining and that guy was like going on and on and on and it was kind of getting boring no offense to all the people oh oh i see so that's why maybe he yeah 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 i don't know if anyone recognizes that person's voice i feel like you should be able to recognize someone's voice like that like if everyone would know my voice if i called into a place and i was just talking they'd be like that was definitely natalia yeah that was like 100 percent natalia i guess he could have changed his voice he could have been disguising it maybe that's why he was taking so long to answer certain questions and being so short is maybe because he was trying to make his voice an octave higher an octave lower right it makes sense (sighs) who's to say Yeah, that was the rabbit hole that I went down. Very interesting. I had read something once about like uh, alleged serial killer calls into Howard Stern, but I'd never listened to it before and I didn't know any of those details. So thank you for enlightening us. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so in 2016, last thing I'm going to say is a detective wanted to retest some of the evidence that we had from this now that we have technological advances. So they took the wad of chewing tobacco that was found near the woman's body and they tested it to see if it matched Victor Gant's DNA and the test came back inconclusive what the fuck does that even mean i i feel like i need to know is it that they just didn't have enough uh dna markers on on the tobacco was it so eroded by water Mm. and weather or was it mishandled was there like a bunch of officers had spit into it i don't know like yeah. I, what the fuck does that mean and conclude right. that's so unsatisfying when evidence comes back because if it's like oh we found his dna on it but we also found other dna yeah it's then like just say that then still kill that guy anyway because yeah. why is he being weird like that with people and again this is why we're not judges because if we don't like someone <laughs> he's just he giving me the a shit out of vibe. his partner we're yeah. like uh jail yeah i'm yeah. gonna hold that against you sir yeah 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 
What a bummer that he didn't even go to jail for the domestic violence. No, he probably had to change his name by now. So, like, I was trying to find more information about him, and I couldn't. It really kind of stopped after this, so I'm sure he, like, changed, changed his, name his name and, yeah. like, you know, started a new life. Well, thank you, Natalia. Yeah, you want to do our sign-off? Sure. Um, let me think. Um, God, this one is so dark. Um... <laughs> Uh, BRB gotta go not cause a scene on an airplane yeah bye, bye.